Hey, this is Mike Ayala. I'm all about helping people find financial freedom. And one of the best and fastest ways to grow your wealth and achieve financial freedom is through real estate investing. I know, I've done it, I'm still doing it. Real estate investing is a key component to accelerating my earnings. And I wanna share my knowledge and experience with you through my new real estate accelerator program. This is a one-time only program that puts you in the virtual room with me and an awesome small group of investors with one goal in mind, financial freedom through real estate investments. I'll demystify the complicated world of real estate investing to help you identify money-making opportunities and create profitable new income sources. This course is designed to help guide you to success with clear instruction, direct takeaways, and honest answers to your questions. We'll chart a path to your success in real estate investing together. Anyone from the novice to the seasoned investor can profit from my experience to achieve their investment goals. The nine-week course kicks off this January. Sign up now at earnwithrealestate.com. That's earnwithrealestate.com. Let's do this together. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Today, I have a returning guest, the lovely Miss Kara Ayala. Hello. Uh, today, we're going to get into uh, some pretty amazing stuff that I think is super valuable and important. You know, a lot of businesses over the years have talked about values and core values and defining. And if you're listening to this, uh, you probably heard an episode a while back with uh, Darius Marchesade talking about how important values are and his thoughts around how in the future, it's going to be the most important thing in business because as you know, AI disrupts everything, uh, values get more and more important because people are going to um, put more of an emphasis on that. Well, Karen, I believe that values are equally, if not more important in our personal lives, you know, what do we value as individuals and what do we value as a couple? And so today we're going to get into um, some of the values that we've built or the core pillars that we built the couple's mastermind around and what they mean to us. So hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. So like I said in the intro, um, you know, we think that having your core values or your guiding principles, again, whether it's in business or if you're going to form a mastermind or you're going to do a course or whatever it is. Um, so we wanted to just jump into, you know, what our values were around the uh, couple's mastermind. Is there anything you want to add? I don't think so. I'm very, I'm excited to dive in. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, so let's just talk a little bit about, um, how we came up with these. Yeah. I think we were sitting at dinner actually. Um, this was actually a couple of weeks ago, and um, we were just sitting there talking about what, you know, th talking about like what values we want to really make sure that we emphasize on. You know, we'd already went through a year of the couple's mastermind. We've been married almost 23 years and just really focusing in on like we need to have some pillars that surround this mastermind so that we can bring this into, into the community. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I was just thinking back through this and, you know, a lot of times we're, we're so busy um, doing. And, you know, a lot of times, even if you're just thinking about values or whatever, getting into a quiet zone where you can just really, um, I guess, just get internal, look internally. This is why it's so important because that night in particular, we just started talking about it and it felt like, you know, things just started flowing. And so I think either getting into a place where you figure out how to get yourself to that point 
Or if you're, you know, I, I know I've, there's been periods of time where I was like trying to do some deep work or come up with concepts like this and it's just not flowing. And sometimes you just have to move away. But that particular night, um, it felt like things were just flowing for us. Yeah. I feel like our date nights are a lot like that. Um, we used to joke around that we were going to do a podcast on our date nights because sometimes the stuff we talk about on our date nights are just, I mean, I wish we would record a lot of them. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to have a continual date night because you can get into those really creative and visionary um, states and conversations that you're not going to get like on a regular basis unless you're making that time commitment. Yeah, I love it. So the first principle is aligned vision, meaning you prioritize individual vision and then come together with the most epic vision, world-changing vision. Yeah. Um, I love this one because I think a lot of times in a marriage, um, one person's vision can get really lost um, because one might be more dominant or more of a leader. So the other person, their vision can get lost as an individual. Um, and it's really, really important that we each have our own individual visions. But then how do we align those together to really reach the end goal of what we're really wanting? You know, it's so interesting too, just thinking about um, aligned vision, because again, back to so many businesses uh, spend so much time and energy around vision. And I don't know really how many uh, individuals do that. What's my personal vision for, you know, this month, this year, uh, my life in general, and yet taking it even a step further, how many couples actually come together and have their own vision for their own lives, but then an aligned vision where, you know, it really intersects because I... I'm 50% of the relationship, but uh, 100% of what I do matters in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking back, like, you know, even in like our earlier years um, of like building businesses and, and having little babies at home. And it's really important that you know, like what your role is and where you're going um, in this period of your life. We were actually on a call, I think it was yesterday with a couple and they've worked together and they're not working together right now in a business. Um and I think that that is fine. And just knowing like when the seasons are where you are going to be like super aligned, I think there was years that I had the exact same vision as you did as far as our businesses. Um, and I was, you know, really um, believing into that vision, right? Like I was like fully behind that and I still am fully behind that. But now I have more of a, um, a distinct my own vision as well. But also like thinking back during that time, my vision was really a lot to do with the kids and what our family life looked like as well. So I still did have like a, a side vision for myself, but just knowing what that season is too for yourself and for you as a couple. You know, I think there's a, an important point in that too. And we started talking about this with that particular couple yesterday who are amazing and we're excited to have them in the couple's mastermind group. Um, but one of the things that we are going to focus on in the couple's mastermind this year is a scorecard. And so even like you were talking about, like, you know, there, there's different seasons where, and sometimes not even a season, sometimes there's a spouse that's never involved in the other spouse's business and vice versa. I've, I've talked to plenty of people that are like that. And whether you're in a season where you're involved or you've never been involved, I think we need to have scorecards. And I think it's super amazing to have a scorecard as a couple. We did this um, this last year in Chris and Lori Harder's mastermind, and it was so powerful to just get us aligned. But when it comes to vision and just talking about that as well, um, I think it's important to have a scorecard. We do this as team members. So, you know, I'm a big fan of EOS and traction. And within our team, we always have scorecards and and every you know, group or division or whatever has a scorecard. Every person on the leadership team has a scorecard. We need to have a scorecard 
for our business, for the other spouses as well, or, you know, just things that we're going to measure so we can have some kind of update because there's no way that, uh, you know, a spouse that sits at home can understand every part of the business or expect to, but maybe they would feel more connected if we had some kind of scorecard. So looking backwards, I mean, I'm not one to go backwards, but if I knew now what I knew, or if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have created some kind of, you know, 10 point scorecard that talked about business and vision and where we're going. So, but what's really cool is um, like, you know, within your marriage, um, having a scorecard is important because that can really make sure that you're aligned in the vision and the outcome in the way that you want to be. Yeah. And just like even checking in with yourself, <laughs> you know, there's so many times where we're like a little off, but we don't really know what it is. But when you can go through a scorecard and it evaluates a lot of different areas of your life, um, it can just bring so much clarity and awareness to that for both of you. So if you're struggling in an area and you don't even really know you're struggling, how is your spouse supposed to know that? Right. So I think it's such a powerful tool too. By the way, as a side note, if you're interested in joining the Couples Mastermind, I think we probably have one spot left. Um, text the word COUPLES to 480-531-7519. It's going to be an amazing year. So speaking of amazing years, the second value is expansive experiences. Yeah, I love this one. Um, expansive experiences, just making sure that you're doing things that leave a lasting impact um, on your expansion so that you can never return to that form before. You know, I think we've all experienced those times in our lives where we we went through a season or we went to an event or something changed inside of us. And there's absolutely no way you can go back to that old thinking once it's been changed. Yeah. And the, like a practical analogy, as you're saying that, that I'm thinking through we took a jet this year from Malibu to Napa. And I mean, to fly from Southern California to Northern California and spend a day at a winery and have dinner and then to fly back home, it doesn't have to be that extreme, but that's a like a, a practical version of every time I get in a plane now, I'm like, I... I need to be in a private jet, but that's one of those experiences where, you know, once you've experienced something, you can't go backwards. And to realize that, you know, we have access to that type of travel in an entire day. It's just crazy to me. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but very seldom do people go backwards in their income. And it's because you've expanded into, you know, unless you intentionally do where you say, Hey, you know what, we're going to slow down. We're going to make less money. We're going to spend less money, but really, you know, there's never been a year where we made less than, than the year before. It's always kind of expanding, right? And so that's, when we think about that, those are just two practical ways that we think about it. But expansive experiences, you know, getting yourself in rooms and situations and experiences that up-level your thought process and the way you do life together and all of that is extremely important. Yeah, I'm even thinking like relationship-wise, once you've experienced like authentic relationships with other couples who are really expanding your mind as well, it's hard to go backwards and to hang out with people that aren't inspiring you anymore. And I'm not saying like you shouldn't hang out with your old friends, but it just changes something inside of you when you know that there's more. And sometimes, you know, like the jet experience, like we're not doing that weekly right now, but it unlocked something inside of us that's like this is a possibility this is a this is possible and if somebody else can do it then i can do it and i think that that's like the power in it is like expanding your mind to the place where this is the new norm how do we make this the new norm yeah it's so good too and i think a lot of times we're scared you know one of our mentors always says if you're the smartest guy in the room you need to find a bigger room and i think a lot of people are scared of you know, I, I, I mean, I know I get intimidated when I'm, you know, we're walking into a room of, you know, high performing couples or, you know, it doesn't have necessarily have to be couples, but you're at a mastermind or any type of event 
we all get intimidated, but the reality at the end of the day is like, we don't want to be the smartest guy in the room or girl in the room. And when you said that about like being around other couples that really cause you to level up and you're looking at them, not from a comparison standpoint, but it gives us permission. When you see somebody else playing at a high level and you say, you know what? They're no different than I am. Mm -hmm. I can do that too. I think that's, what's really valuable. So the ego can work against us, you know, comparison can work against us. But when we, when we look at that from not a, a standpoint of comparison, but what's possible, I think that's so important. Yeah. I love it. Let's move on to number three, which is wealth building. One of my favorites. So what we're talking about here is you're not just collecting things and making money. You're building real wealth with assets and cash flow that will go on for generations. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, it's easy to make money. It's easy to like go out there and create something that's going to bring in money. And I know that might sound weird, but it really is not that hard to go out and create a large income, to create a stream of income that's large. But what I think a lot of people miss is actually the wealth building of like creating those assets and the cash flow that's going to last, you know, longer than your next um, launch that you're going to do or the next thing you're going to create. It's something that is going to continually pay you and also your kids or your nieces and nephews or family members for generations to come. Yeah. And I've said this so many times too, like, you know, you're talking about the launch and the business. And um, I think that there's this way that I look at it in my head. I mean, our businesses or our jobs create liquidity and then we take that liquidity and we convert it into assets. And then those assets generate long-term wealth. And I believe that, and I love the way you just framed this wealth, wealth building is really a long-term game. It's playing big, but we can also increase our income, um, on a, on a, you know, a quick level. Actually, we've always looked at it this way. I don't really pay attention when we want something. It's like, okay, how do I make more money? But that's a short-term thing. It's like, you know, like you said, the next launch or how do I, you know, make an extra hundred grand. We asked the couples in the mastermind, um, this last year in Cabo, I challenged all the guys. We were sitting around the pool and I said, if you had to make an extra 500 grand in 90 days, how would you do it? And it's those types of questions that just get us into a mindset of expansion, but that's like, how do we make more income? And there's really another conversation around that with wealth building that is a more of a long-term legacy um, assets that cash flow is, as, as you've said in the, in the statement. So really love it. Yeah. I mean, even thinking back, we know when we first started our first business, yes, we were making more money than we had ever made. Right. But also we, we, we were tied to that. And so I think that that, you know, with the wealth building, it's really looking at that time freedom that we're always talking about as well. You know, and um, this doesn't necessarily directly correlate to, to this value, but I've been finding myself in this conversation a lot lately. I think one of the downsides that, um, you know, people start when, when, when you start figuring out how to generate wealth and you start buying, you know, other businesses, or you start buying cash flowing assets or whatever. One of the common thing, things that I see is that people begin to despise their original business or their job or whatever, spinning off that, that capital. And that's, those are some of the conversations why I love being in masterminds, because I was just having this conversation with a guy that's in GoBundance with me this morning. And a lot of times, you know, we have this passive income goal, but then we start living off of that and it's no longer passive income. Now we're as the richest man in Babylon would say, now we're eating the fruit of thy labor. And so, you know, a 10th of all you make is yours to keep. But if you stop making that money, then, then you stop passively investing it. But again, 
that's one of the things that I love about this wealth building is because it's more of a long game. It's more about legacy and, and it doesn't have to be over a hundred years. I mean, you can build substantial wealth in five to 10 years. We've seen it over and over, but getting in the rooms where we get our, our terminology right and our thinking right. And all of that is so important. Mm-hmm. Love it. Let's move on to number four, intimate connection. Intimate connection, not only with you, like individually as, as a couple, but then also having that with other couples. I think um, so many times we're, we're so busy, especially if you're like career driven or you have your own business, or whatever it is that you're doing, which is the majority of people who listen to my podcast and your podcast. It's hard to take that time and that space to really intimately connect and get to know each other at that deeper level. You know, when you're dating and you're getting to know each other, you're spending all this time trying to figure each other out, get to know each other. But what we fail to see is as we're, you know, married or in a relationship for a long time and we start, you know, having kids or building businesses or whatever that is, we stop trying to learn about each other. And, you know, you're not the same person that I married 23 years ago and I'm not the same person. So it's a continual learning about who we are. So that intimacy needs to continue on and we have to create space for that. We can't just expect that to happen. We have to actually create that space. And then with other couples as well. Yeah. And I love, um, you know, talking about creating the space, even back to the beginning of the show today, we were talking about date night and how these came together when we were in that zone. And really, I, as you were just saying that, I think it's actually pretty simple how you get into um, the zone or the intimate connection. As you say here, it's really just about being present. It's about being intentional. And that's one of the things that I loved about uh, this couple, the couple's mastermind this last year and so excited about going forward is just creating a space where we are intentional, as you said, not just with each other as couples or individually as couples, but with other couples as well, because being fully present and some of the things that we facilitate uh, kind of create some of that, but really just in your own relationship, if you're listening to this and you are, you know, you feel like you're lacking that into intimate connection, or you don't really get into those conversations like Karen and I were talking about at date night, it might just be as simple as putting down the phone and just being intentional and having those, how many couples did we see this year that just got intentional about date night and consistent with it, not only in the couples mastermind, but even outside of that, yeah. I think it's probably if there was one thing you could do to make your relationship better, uh, easier, uh, it's, it's date night. Yeah. And not just going through the motions of like, it's date night, but like, I think the word that keeps coming to me is curiosity. Mm. Be curious about like what your partner wants, what, what's going on inside of them, you know, where are they at? And I think when we can cultivate curiosity in our relationship of being really curious about the other person across from you, whether that is another couple that you're getting to know or each other, um, those intimate relationships, I think that that's like the key to that intimacy. Because if we're not curious and we're just, you know, going through the motions of, you know, we're going to go out with friends and have dinner and maybe some drinks, the conversation isn't going to go anywhere because there's no depth to it. But when you become curious of really wanting to know what's happening inside of that person, that's when like the real gold comes. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, you said something where we started 75 hard and you said something yesterday or the day before that, um, with what? I'm just laughing. <laughs> oh. Uh, you said, you know, for date night, we should, um, take turns, you know, designing an experience, which I think is super cool because sometimes even date nights can, you're like, I mean, obviously with 75 hard, we got to watch what we're eating and how much we're drinking and everything else. And food becomes kind of this, like, um, I guess it becomes the center of the date night. And so you were talking about 
a few minutes ago, you said, you know, just mixing it up and being intentional and what a great way to, to mix that up because even, you know, okay, every date night, we're going to go out to dinner and have some wine and which is great. It's the philosopher's drink as you call it. (laughs) Um, but you know, making sure that when we're in different seasons or if your wife is pregnant or, you know, you can't drink or don't drink or whatever, or you're trying to lose weight, like it's, it doesn't have to be around food. So I think just getting curious, even around the physical or the experience itself is super important. Yeah. I mean, you can, like, we're talking about doing more adventurous dates, like bringing an adventure back into your relationship. Mm-hmm. I think our first date, we, we went roller rollerblading. So there's things like that, that, so we could start doing things like that. Also, there was a couple in our mastermind this year that have two little ones and date night just wasn't working for them. So they started doing date days and they would take, you know, an afternoon and spend it together. So it doesn't have to be what you hear or you see, you know, on social media of like getting dressed up and going to dinner doesn't have to be that, although it can be. And that's actually my favorite um, because of the conversations that we have had and the way we've cultivated our date night. It doesn't have to be like that. And I think switching it up and, and, and like you said, with the seasons is really important. Yeah. And even I'm just thinking financially even, you yeah. know, cause dinner, I mean, with inflation and mm-hmm. the way everything's going, it's, I mean, we hardly ever can go out to dinner for less than a hundred dollars. Yeah. Especially when we're having wine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't have to be expensive either. Like I, you were talking about going rollerblading on our first date. I remember another date where we packed a picnic and drove out by the river and just had a, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be experience in that sense. Like we're going to have a nice dinner or we're going to go to the movies. All Movies are more expensive than dinner. Yeah, they probably are. Crazy. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Next one. Number five. Legacy building. Everything you are creating from your values, the way you do life is setting the foundation and paving the way for others. This might be, I, I say this on all of them, but this one might be my favorite because to me, um, at the end of our lives, I want to be able to face our, my creator and say that I lived to my potential and that I actually impacted others and passed something along that better made them better. And so I love this one, not even just for your family and not just wealth, but in all areas, like what is the impact that you're building? So good. And, um, I'm not sure if this episode has aired yet or not when you're listening to this, but, um, there, there was a exercise that I went through with the go abundance champions and Chris, uh, Ryan, the CEO asked me kind of last minute to write my eulogy. And when you're thinking or saying this, you know, everything you do creating, it's comes from creating your values. And when you were talking about like at the end of your life and the way you showed up, this is a really powerful exercise. And I would encourage you to do it at some point in time, like try to write your eulogy. And I was up against a timeline, so it kind of helped me get it done, but I was really struggling with it because when I was doing it, I was thinking out 30, 40 years and, you know, the amount of, you know, water that I provided and I saved the wells and all this kind of stuff. But when I brought it back to, cause that's really a big vision thing, right? When I brought it back to the perspective of if I died tomorrow, what would be said about me? That was so powerful because to your point, legacy building, um, so many days, you know, we're going through the motions and, you know, should I do this event or should I start that business or, or whatever, if we looked at it through the lens of long-term life, it becomes so much more important. Yeah. And it actually simplifies life as well. It's interesting because when you had to do that, um, eulogy, remember I was at a mastermind that same weekend and we actually went through our death, basically. Um, I was in Kayla Craft's mastermind and they, she basically brought us into this room. We had no idea what was going on and covers us with a sheet and said, you can never see your family again. And had us go through all the emotions of like, 
what that made us feel and what we what we missed out on. And you know, every person in the room was thinking about their kids and their husband, this is a business mastermind, right? Like, but we're coming back to like, what's really important, the people that, that are in our lives. And so I think that both of those tools are such a powerful exercise and, and it really simplifies it. We think when we're building a legacy that it's got to be this grand, amazing thing. And it is like, that really is, but it's really simple at the end of the day. It's all about who do you want to leave an impact on? And are you doing that today? Are you doing that day by day? Because it's not something that's going to happen after you die. It's happening today. Yeah. So good. I just wanted to clarify too, when you said this is a business mastermind, you were talking about Kayla's mastermind, right? Yes. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, I love that so much. And, you know, just even when you think about, um, I can't remember what the movie was, the, was it Coco where the, Mm -hmm. the, once you die, like the day of the dead and the last time your voice or your name is ever mentioned, you, you die permanently. And that movie really just like kind of got me thinking about the same things. And even within legacy, and I don't want to get too deep in this and what different opinions are, but you know, like Steve jobs, just wanting to make a dent in the universe. And he obviously did. I mean, that guy's, if that, if Coco's true, like Steve jobs will probably never be able to rest like permanently because, you know, he made such a great impact. But when you, like what you were saying, when, when you died at Kayla's mastermind, like it comes really important. And like when I wrote my eulogy too, I was trying to go out there and, you know, the impact I made on the world and the lives I changed and, you know, all the big things I did and all that's important too. But really at the end of the day, when I brought it back to like, what did my kids say about me? You know, what are my best, who was at my funeral? Yeah. This is one of the things where like, if you listen to the episode around the eulogy, it all started with, you know, I, I gave the eulogy at one of my great uncle's um, funerals and it was really challenging because um, he, he didn't have a lot of people saying anything about him. And that was like, I mean, what you do on a daily basis, the way you show up and the uh, the relationships that are closest to you and how you manage all that is probably the most important thing when it comes to legacy. Yeah, I love it. Number six, this is your favorite. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're all my favorite. That's why they're all the pillars. Uh, wellness and longevity. You prioritize the health of your body by the way you fuel, move, and repair your body in order to show up and feel your best. I like this one because I'm all been into health for years. Um, but I think like the last couple of years, I've really been more focused on like, how do I feel before it was more, what do I look like? I mean, it was how I felt because for me, exercising and, and eating well makes me feel better, like just in general mentally. Um, but I think in the last couple of years, I've, I've really shifted more to even just wellness and longevity of how long I'm going to live. And, you know, we just went to, um, the GoBundance couples event and David Sinclair was there. And I think it's just really important that we're taking care of these vessels that we're given mm-hmm. because if you don't have your health, you don't really have anything. Boy, how cool would it be if we could get like the couples in the mastermind to, get on some kind of like program, like we got on with inside tracker and David, um, that would be cool. It's obviously important, but I'm thinking about even the 12 week year, which is just kind of sitting off to the right. And they talk about something in there that, you know, 12 months is too long because there's no pressure. And in a lot of organizations, um, we do 12 month planning. And so then we back, back that down from 12 month planning to quarterly goals. And if you're like a high performing person, you need a scorecard. So even back to the couple's, you know, scorecard or whatever it is, what I love about the concept with the 12 week year is he brings it down to, and and the principle is that people that think this way get more done in 12 weeks than most people do in a year. And it makes a lot of sense to me because there's no pressure around your quarter three and your quarter four goals. Well, it's the same thing with health sometimes. 
like I, you know, being in um, strategic coach, we do this exercise with Dan Sullivan and you know, how long are you going to live? And I did the thing and I'm going to live to 126, which is great in theory, but there's no pressure around that. Like, how are you going to live to 126 if you don't change your habits and the way you're doing things? And uh, even the, uh, the thing that we did with uh, Inside Tracker and, and David Sinclair, um, I'm 43 biologically, but that test brought back, and this is based on blood and cholesterol and all these things combined. I'm 49 years old. Like that's one of those scorecard measurements that's so important. And we need this for all areas of our life. Um, that hit me between the eyes because that was the first thing that actually showed me that I'm actually not moving toward 126. Um, I'm actually the opposite. So I'm six years older than what I am actually physically. So um, obviously I think we all understand that wellness and longevity is important, but the key word, like Kara said, there is prioritizing. How do you prioritize it? You know, what, um, amount of, I guess, urgency and consistency do you put on it? And by the way, most people really struggle with this. You, you see some people that look like it's just easy for them. It might get to a point where it's easier, but most people really struggle with this. And so that's another one of the pillars that, you know, we want to, we want to make sure we rally around each other. Yeah. And I do think everybody really struggles with this. Um, but I think the people who d maybe don't seem like they struggle enough is because they've just built the habit. It's really just became a habit in their lives and they have prioritized it. They've made it a priori priority in their lives and then it's became something that is a habit and they just do it now. Um, but I do think it's important that, you know, you are building those habits that are going to get you to whatever that goal is you know, to live sustainably. And then also, um, like you said, the trackers, both of those things, like you need some kind of measurement, whether that's like an Apple watch or it's the whoop band or inside tracker, whatever it is, there's these tools that we can use that are outside of ourselves or even just checking in with yourself. Honest, if we, cause it really is not that hard to be healthy. We all know how to move our, we are supposed to move our bodies. We're supposed to eat right. Right. But few of us do that because we're just not making a priority or tracking it. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. The seventh one, spirituality. Hmm. I love this one. I don't think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person, I would say. Um, and we, I think that we all need like that strong, I don't even know how to tell people what I do or how I do things without involving God because God is such a big part of my life and whatever that is for you. Um, we need an intimate connection with a creator because if we're just here doing this by ourselves, it's impossible. And I put something up on Instagram the other day is we can't do, God can't do anything without us and we can't do anything without God. And I actually got a response from somebody in my DM saying, God can do whatever he wants. And I agree. I agree with that. But here's the deal. He won't. He needs us on earth to be his vessel. So I think that having that connection with God, like it's a partnership, partnership that we come in um, with God. And I think all the creative ideas, all of the inspiration, all of the inventions are connected to that spiritual realm. I It's an, just an interesting thought that popped in my head and it, I don't know, it might be irrelevant, but I've looked at God. Um, you know, I didn't have the greatest father growing up, but I had this real when I got saved and, and, you know, cleaned up and out of jail and everything else, like, I think I had a really clear perspective on who I thought God was or who God is, because I knew that a loving God, a loving creator would not act certain ways. And it's interesting, even, you know, this person sliding into your DMs and yeah, God can do whatever he wants. But the reality is, is that God chose to create us and be a part of us. 
And yes, God could do anything he wanted in the world without us, but he chose not to. Mm-hmm. He created us and he said, you go into the world and you take dominion and you go conquer and you be fruitful and you multiply. It's no different than us as parents. Mm-hmm. Like I could, we could absolutely go build amazing wealth and businesses and everything else. But would I rather do it with my children? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Seems pretty simple to me. Yeah. And I think the spirituality part is just, you know, whatever that is for you. But I think it's a really strong pillar. It's a strong pillar for us, for sure. And I think that a majority of people, this is a pillar that most people are craving and needing in their lives. Well, and just even on that point, we have, you know, a pretty, uh, well, I wouldn't even say it's cut and dry or black and white beliefs because, um, you know, I think a lot of traditional Christians might, you know, just question the way we think and talk and say things sometimes. But the thing I want to point out too, is like, I'm not, I'm not a black and white person. I mean, even when we talk about spirituality, Hinduism, Buddhism, I don't really care what you are. I think the key is, is having some level of spirituality in your world. When you were saying that earlier, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I've often thought like, how many, how many times in life have we been, you know, broken or frustrated or, uh, you know, and by the way, as a side note, even with wellness and longevity and, and people, um, you know, thinking that it's easier, we were talking about this the other day, whether it's business or wealth, uh, longevity, finances, whatever it is, it doesn't get easier. We become stronger. And it's the same thing with spirituality. Um, so back to hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many times have we been in places where if I didn't have my spirituality and believe in something greater and bigger than me, whatever you believe that is, I, I would be sick because I'd have no hope. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's to me with, with spirituality, it doesn't matter to me, you know, what you believe or where you come from, but just the belief in something greater and more powerful, I think is extremely important. And it helped, I mean, like on both sides, like in the times where you're, you're just crushed, I can't even count how many times where we're like, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. And God always pulls through, but having, having God to like lean on during that time, I don't know how people do that without, um, that source, that creator, be able to lean on that. But then also, if you flip it on the other side and you're you're here to like do some big things, you can't even come up with the big things. Like if it's going to be amazing, it's going to be a God, a God dream and a God dream you cannot do alone. You need God to help you. And so if you're any type of person that is like dreaming big, you're going to need God on your side. Yeah. I love that scripture. You know, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, think, and my favorite part is imagine because mm-hmm. we can ask and think for a lot, but imagining or like visioning God's able to do even bigger than that. And so that just gives me so much like excitement around because I can dream pretty big, mm-hmm. but he's able to do more when we're aligned with him. I yeah. Cause I mean, like his ways are not our ways. There's this, the scripture in the Bible that says that, and he doesn't think like we think. So when we can get our minds thinking like God thinks it's a whole, it's a different realm than we live on in this earthly realm. So good. Well, that's the seven pillars. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to chat about within that or? I don't think so. I did want to, um, this kind of doesn't have anything to do with the pillars, but how you were talking about um, the times in our lives where, you know, it doesn't get easier. Mm. You know, I think a lot of times we were talking about the other day when people say more money, more problems. And usually, you know, I'm the type that's like, no, like that's such a negative aspect, but actually there is more problems and just like getting your mind around that as a couple of like, when you are stepping into new realms, there is going to be, but that's creating who you need to become to hold it all. Mm, so good. I'm reminded of um, 
somebody mentioned this on my podcast a while back, and I remember Tony Robbins saying it too at UPW. He said, you know, I have over 10,000 employees, I think was the number. And he said, what do you think are the odds that right now somebody is making a mistake or doing something wrong out of my 10,000 employees? It's probably pretty high. Yeah. Um, and he talked about like becoming that better version of you and not having to worry about that and lean into all that. And it's, it's true. Like what you're, what you're saying about just like becoming that yes, more money, more problems. Yes. More employees, more problems. Yes. More businesses, more problems, more rentals, more problems. It's true. Uh, any way you shape it, it's true. But the reality is like becoming a better version of you. You don't go from one employee to a thousand. You go from one employee to two employees to 10 and every single, I mean, the faster you can get there, uh, the faster your muscle is expanded, unless you grow too fast. That's really where things fail and implode is, you know, our, our outside investments or businesses or whatever relationships grow faster than what we've grown. And so, yeah, more money, more problems, but not, it's not a bad thing. It's, you know, really we're going after legacy and wealth building and all of these things that are creation just from the spirituality, like being creators and finding that, that full potential in our life, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine going from having one employee to even a hundred the next day? It would crush you. Yeah. And that's true with any aspect of, you know, when we're wanting these big dreams, the reason why it takes a little bit longer sometimes is because we have to cultivate the person that we're becoming. So yeah, we might need to do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, I think so. Well, again, if you're interested in, uh, you know, joining the couples mastermind, uh, it depends on when you're listening to this, but we've got one spot left at this point. Text the word couples to 480-531-7519. And you know what? Even if it isn't the beginning of 2022, text the word couples if you're interested, because this is something I think we're probably going to keep doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's been so good. Yeah. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom... I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.